Welcome back to my podcast. This is your host, Foxy Speaks. And this month, we are going to be bringing awareness to PTSD. My guest this month is a fellow Black woman, also Navy veteran. Her name is Red Nita. That's Anita with an R. Phillips and she's going to talk about her journey from being a service member to becoming a disabled veteran and diagnosed with PTSD. You do not want to miss this podcast. As always, please stay connected with me. Please continue to support me. Follow me on all of my social media handles at Foxy Speaks and please support my guests. Thank you and I hope you all enjoy this episode. It is such an honor to have you for my podcast this month. So I was doing some research and I realized that this month is PTSD Awareness Day. And I just felt like it would be the perfect time to bring awareness to that, especially when it comes to women, especially black women and also women that have served in the military. Because if you are new to my podcast, as you all know, I am a female veteran as well. Yes, yes. And also classified as disabled. So I thought it would be the perfect um, topic to cover. Of course, my part of my podcast, we do touch on mental health. So I just felt that it would be so wonderful to have someone that has been on this road of recovery um, and just pretty much went through healing and um, now being able to like thrive um, and just being aware of themselves. So without further ado, I'm gonna let Miss Renetta introduce herself. Yes, yes, my and just And just yes. give us a little bit of your background. So we want to kind of know, like, when you were serving, what was your job in the Navy, what tours you went on. Just give us that whole little spiel about when you served. Oh, my goodness. Yes, it was an honor to serve. My name is Renita Phillips, and I, wow, I was in the Navy for 10 and a half wonderful years. Um, I get asked all the time, you actually liked it? I was like, yes, I loved it. Um, Yes, so, wow, my journey, um, the biggest thing when I came in, they asked me where I wanted to be stationed because um, I was in the top of my, in top three of my class and the top two people got advanced first. And then they told me, well, you get to pick your orders. 
So I got to pick where I wanted to go, which I thought was even sweeter, right? And so um, I told him, I don't want to go anywhere cold. Can you send me somewhere warm? So I went to Florida. So I was um, in Mayport, Florida. I actually got shore duty first, which for people that aren't military, um, shore duty means that you're not deploying yet. Um, you're going to be stationed actually at a job where you go to every day, which was great because I didn't have a car. So um, I was able to be on base. I lived on base. I worked on base. Um, and so my job field, I was in personnel. So I handled everybody's paperwork. I did everybody's pay. I did everybody's um, personnel, whether you checked into the base, checked out, separated from the military. I probably did your DD-214. Um, yes, I did your travel. Um, everything that dealt with um, anything dealing with you and your family when it came to your pay. That's what I did. And then I went to a ship. I, I actually, what they call pre-commissioned a ship, meaning that it was brand new. We were the first crew of the Franklin and Eleanor Roosevelt, the first and only ship right now named after a president and his wife. Um, yes, so it was, yes. So that was um, totally awesome to have served on that ship. And um, I was, basically we built the admin office to what it was and um, I, oh my God, where did I travel? Everywhere. <laughs> so everywhere east of the Mediterranean is where we were. Um, so when people tell me stuff like, oh, I've been to Greece or, oh, I've been to Italy or, oh, I've been here. Or, oh, I want to go there. I'm like, oh, you got to go because um, I was, I've been there. Um, going to the Rock of Gibraltar was um, one of my memorable things. Going to London, being outside of Buckingham Palace, you know, so certain things I was able to do. Um, while there so i love that then i left there and went to um the psc in king's bay so i was up in kingsland georgia um i lived in jacksonville i commuted almost an hour to work every day but i loved um, the submarine base so i got to work with some mariners um, then and um saw her there duty work and so i did the same thing in personnel and your ID card, so anybody that gets ID cards, I was the ID card supervisor. Um, part of my duties, I worked with NCIS for a while as well. Um, so yeah, so I'm very well-rounded on my ship. I didn't just do my job. So that's what people think, you just do your job, but no, you do everything, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I loved it. I loved it, yes. Awesome, that is so wonderful to hear because a lot of times, um, Due to women's experience in the military, they find themselves not enjoying it, um, not having the best experience out of it. So it is very warming to hear that you enjoyed the time that you did um, while you were serving. So I did in the intro mention that this podcast is focused on PTSD awareness. Mm -hmm. So just to kind of roll right into that let's talk about how you became a female disabled veteran because obviously this is something that a lot of people have a hard time grasping even in 2022 a lot of people have a hard time accepting or just being aware that women do serve Yes. We do become veterans. <laughs> yes, and we do. some of us do be classified disabled. So when we go to the DMV to get our ID, we don't need to be constantly asked, is this your husband's car? Or did you get this because of your husband or because of your daddy? <laughs> because they're not aware that, or they act as if they're not aware that women actually 
serve in the military. So I guess I just want to talk about how you became a disabled veteran. Wow. Okay. A um, couple of things. Um, so, yes, I enjoyed the overall 10 and a half years I served. There were some not so great moments. Absolutely. Um, perspective is everything, though. Um, so for me, I got out medically because of my, I had a foot injury. So I used to run track in high school. I ran a lot while I was active duty. So that was part of it. Um, and so I had a foot injury. Um, at the time, they gave me an option to stay or get out. But based on what my um, podiatrist was saying, he was like, you're not gonna be able to ship. You're, you have muscle damage to your feet. And so you're not gonna be able to go to another another ship so I ended up um, getting out medically for that um, but when I got out that's when things that were also going on one of them being diagnosed with PTSD um, that was something that once you know once you go to your outtake because a lot of people don't know that we go through a process when we separate and um just like when you come in, you go see doctors. When you get out, you go see doctors as well. And that's when they diagnosed me with um, PTSD at that time. Um, so, yeah. So, that's how how I got there. Okay. So, just a little statistic. Um, women are more than twice as likely to develop PTSD in the military than men. 10% of the women that serve do end up being diagnosed with PTSD. So you mentioned about how you develop your foot injury. Do you want to go into a little bit of the details about how you ended up with PTSD and also now with being diagnosed, do you have like a hard time doing like certain activities? Is it hard to talk about? And if you wanted to like go into any details describing that event. Okay, so for one, the myth of PTSD that a lot of people have is that PTSD is just for people that served in the military. That's one myth. The other myth is that you had to have um, served in war where you heard gunshots and you saw dead bodies and that's how you got PTSD. But PTSD is post-traumatic stress disorder. So I give the example, which was the example that my therapist gave to me to help me understand myself that that's what I had was that you and I both, we can be in a car at the same time. We can get in a car accident. We could both be sitting on the same side of the car and the car hits at the same time. You might say, oh, that was an accident. We both have the same exact injuries, everything. But you might be like, you know what? That's cool. We got in an accident and you'll be able to go down that same street. And it, you might think about it every now and then, but you don't, it doesn't really affect you. Me, on the other hand, same car, same accident, same size, same injuries. But the problem that I have is I think about it. I can't even drive down that street. Matter of fact, I'll take a detour and go the opposite way because it's traumatic for me. I might dream about car accidents now. You know, I might think about it more often. I might be scared to drive. I might not even want to. 
right? Post-traumatic stress. So um, my post-traumatic stress um, was from sexual trauma. It was not from going, although I did start going 9-11, I remember when 9-11 happened, my ship deployed that same morning going somewhere else and we were turned around when 9-11 happened. So we were in the smack in the middle of it, right? Um, but that wasn't my post-traumatic stress. It was because I was sexually assaulted more than once while I was on active duty, um, which also brought up some childhood trauma that happened where I was assaulted as a child. So that had been suppressed since I was a child. And then I get assaulted on active duty more than once. And that um, caused me to have PTSD, which I suppressed as well. But what I didn't realize were the behaviors that was happening to me. So it was actually not just um, from just random people. This was my active duty spouse who was also on active duty. And so it was hard to prove. I didn't even realize I had an issue until they had um, domestic violence training that, you know, we have to go through that once a year. Um, people may not know that, but we have to go through that in the military. And when, when we went through that training, I was sitting there and they were literally describing what the stages of domestic violence and it was stuff that was happening that were subtle things that most people don't catch on to until you are smack in the middle of domestic violence. And I'm sitting there and I have a whole anxiety attack while they're talking. I got pulled out of the room. I still at that time had no idea. I blacked out. Like I didn't even know what they were talking about anymore. They pulled me out. I'm a supervisor, okay? So the, the people that work there look up to me. They pulled me out. My chief was like, okay, so um, what what's going on? And I finally admitted the, the stuff that was happening in my home. And, you know, they sent me to counseling then. So I started going to counseling, but they hadn't diagnosed me with PTSD yet. So fast forward, left the marriage, got out of the military, um, going to the VA. They're telling me, we think you have PTSD, but in my brain, I'm not processing it yet. So part of PTSD is also, you know, trouble concentrating, um, not even accepting that that's what you have, you know, having guilt and shame for what it is. You know, these are things that are signs of PTSD that you don't know. Um, for me, I moved out on my own, so I'm on my own, but I'm, I'm scared. I'm looking at the door. I'm making sure that the doors are locked. I'm having all these symptoms, like all this stuff, but I don't know that that's what it is. So I'm just going through, like trying to get through everyday life, thinking I'm fine. Um, I was also stalked by him when I left him. He could not let go. So it was very dangerous of a situation. He tried to kill me. That was, you know what I'm saying? So all this stuff from the domestic violence caused the PTSD. It was. It was adding on. So I'm already not going to get the proper help, but I are, but then I have all this other stuff happening. And then once that's over now, we're, we're gone when I don't see them anymore. But the thought is still there in my mind. Like, is he gonna stop me today? Like, so, so prime example, 
One of the things I used to do, which I didn't even know this was an issue until like two years ago. Now I've been divorced now since 2007. <laughs> so, so a couple of years ago. Okay, so think about that. Think about this. So I had no idea. So I go back when I moved back to Atlanta. I'm from Atlanta. I moved back home seven years ago. And when I first got here, they said, we see in your record, you have PTSD. I, I didn't even, when I came to the VA here, that I don't remember the lady telling me. But the lady said, I remember you. And I told you this. Now, this was two, two years ago. The lady says, I, I told you this. Now, I had a, almost a nervous breakdown um, to the point where um, I almost, well, when I was in Florida, I lost my house. I lost my car. I lost everything because I was in a very, like, dark place. Not in a place where I didn't want to thank God. I, I didn't want to commit suicide or anything. I was just scared to leave my house. I was scared to do anything because I felt like if I left my house, I could be attacked. If I stay home, then I'm safe. I'm safe in here. And then, you know, so... It, it was it was a difficult period. However, thank God I've never been home. But when I moved back home, I lived with someone. So I was more, I wasn't scared because I lived with someone. Then when that relationship didn't work out and I moved back by myself, I was doing the same things over again, right? So the patterns repeated themselves again. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was when um, the lady said, well, tell me some behaviors that that you do you know tell me your day-to-day and I'm like well I'm kind of late to everything and I I used to be very punctual and she's like why are you late and I'm like well if a car is behind me I think they're fault you know they might be following me so I pull over I'll stop I'll wait I'll let that car go and then I'll start driving again and then if I feel like I make a right another car make a right then I'll make a left another car make a left they're they might be going just the same direction as me they're not following me but in my mind I, I was petrified so it was three years ago yeah because it was pre-pandemic that, that this happened and that I actually got help um and they were like okay so they have a checklist of like all the symptoms and stuff. I literally had almost everything on that list. <laughs> wow. Everything on the list. Yeah. Everything. They were like, check, 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 check. They check. were like, oh, ma'am, you need help. So um, luckily here, there's, um, they have a trauma recovery program that helps me get through. Um, but I had to dig up the trauma, face the trauma, accept the trauma, understand it to overcome it. So, um, yeah, so that's, I I can talk about it now without crying, um, which is a big blessing because when you asked me to be a part of this, I was like, yes, when before I probably would have been like, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes. Find somebody else. Look, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about. I know you touched on it a little bit and what went on like a few years ago. So I would say, like for yourself today, 
does it still kind of affect your relationships with other people like getting friends or even like dating does it affect like you and your family members oh absolutely um so with someone who has PTSD, trust is a big issue um because somewhere along the lines the trust was broken so now um because like for my case everybody doesn't show you their colors until they show you their colors right so they'll show you the representative for as long as they want um and so one of the things my counselor told me from the beginning was you know don't blame yourself because people like to say oh you should have seen the signs well some people's first sign is when they hit you or when they rape you or when they you know, you don't get you don't get a pre-sign. You don't they don't raise their voice at you, they don't yell at you, they don't they don't try to control you until they do it. So until the first time you don't know it. You could already be married to one more, you know, that close. So that in itself made me not trust people. <laughs> so um like friends, I'm pretty cool because I've always had some really cool friends. Um family, um, it's up and down it depends um because it was a family member who um assaulted me as a child and then it was a family member who told me to hide it and not mm. tell my mother so it was um it's trust issues with that right um but dating it's very hard to get close to people or open up because it's like leaving yourself open for someone to take advantage of, of you, knowing that you have PTSD. And then the stigma of having PTSD. Um, I've had guys tell me they don't even want to date because I have PTSD. Like, oh no, what if you flip out on me? Or they, they think about what they see in the movies and I'm like, that's not, I, I tell people when I get that close to them that I have it because certain things are triggered and you know I want you to be aware if I have an anxiety attack you know me having an anxiety attack is not going to be me attacking you but people don't know that so they assume and it so it makes me it's hard so for me I sometimes I feel like it's easier just to not date right it's easier because then I ain't got to tell nobody I don't have to talk about it I don't have to worry about being judged so yeah Wow. Definitely there. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting because um, what that does, it makes me think about how still unaware so many people are and how open-mindedness still is something that everybody can work on and how us as just people and as a community can continue to be more educated and also like learning how to coincide with others that might have PTSD, anxiety, it's tons of um, mental health diagnosis out there. So this is really great. I feel like this is really um, educational and good to know stuff. So, so exciting. Um, so if you had to give any tips, I said, I, I wrote down any tips to other veterans or just tips in general to 
the community because like you mentioned before PTSD is not you know just something that veterans can be diagnosed with it's like a ton of people in our community who deal with PTSD every day or just deal with post-traumatic stresses and stressors throughout the day so um throughout our community all the time that that haven't even been diagnosed and might not even be getting like any type of help. So what are some tips that you have for people that have PTSD been diagnosed or people that just deal with post-traumatic stress? What are some tips, I guess would be like, what are some coping skills that you feel that they can utilize? Oh, that's a great question. Um, The first thing that I would say is that it is okay to not be okay. And I know that I've heard that. I'm pretty sure people have seen it and heard it. And they associate it a lot with people that are depressed and you know, and all of that. But it's okay to know that something's off. It is okay to say, you know what? When this happens, I feel this way and I can't shake it and it bothers me. I either can't sleep or I sleep too much or I cry or I get mad and I don't know what to do with this anger or sadness or whatever and I don't know how to fix it. And I've been trying to do it on my own. That was me. So the, the other thing, one other tip I would say too, go get help. It is okay to go talk to someone who is professional and not, and not just a regular counselor. If you know that you have PTSD, Find a counselor that specializes in PTSD. And the reason I say that is because the trauma recovery program that I went to was very different than me just going to my counselor and telling her that I'm sad or that I just eat all the time or don't eat or I cry, you know, or I cry at commercials or TV shows, right? So the trauma recovery helped me to look at stuff from a different way to say, so here's a tip. I learned when I feel something, is this a feeling or is this a fact? Like, why am I feeling this way? Like, write write it down. Like, okay, so today I went to the grocery store. This, this is actual, this is me. I'm gonna just tell y'all me, cause this, this is what I got. I'm in the grocery store, pre-pandemic. In the grocery store, guy standing behind me, he got really close. He kept trying to say stuff to me, kept getting really close to my cart. I kept telling him to back up. He went back, he was following me around the store. In my mind, I think he's gonna follow me home. I think he's gonna attack me, think something's wrong. I left my hundred and some dollars worth of grocery cart sitting there, got in my car, got out of line and got in my car. And then I had a whole anxiety attack, all that. So I was in therapy at the time. So she said, write it down, tell me what happened and ask yourself, was that a feeling or a fact? Was it a fact that he was actually going to attack you? No, right? So it's like, and it's different things to process the thought. So I challenge you to process what you're thinking and ask yourself, am I feeling this way because of something that happened? Yes, sometimes your spidey senses come out, come up and it is okay to be diligent and to see your surroundings and be concerned, however, leaving my hundred and some dollars worth of stuff in the line and leaving it behind and did not go back. That's a problem. 
Okay, so that so certain things, and you might be listening to this and be like, "Oh, I do stuff like that, right?" Like I double back. I I see if somebody's following me. I I lock my door and I check my door five times. You know, I can't sleep with the door closed. I can't sleep with the light off. Like if you're having issues, I'm just talking about me. You, I couldn't sleep. I walk in the door in broad daylight. I used to and lock the door. Not close it, lock it in broad daylight. Couldn't take a nap unless the door was locked and I checked it three times to make sure it was locked. If that's you, if you're feeling those things, it is okay to get help. And it is okay to not tell your family, to not tell everybody. You have to find at least one person that you love, that you trust, that you know will not judge you. And that's the person that you say, help me get help. Hold me accountable. Make sure I do it because I'll back out. I have a problem. Mm -hmm. Don't talk to someone that's going to judge you. You know, you know whether people in your family or your friendship circle, you know who to go to. You know who to go to with your drama, but you also know who to go to when you need help, right? And if you don't have that person, seek that person. Whether you reach out to one of us, reach out to somebody on social media, your pastor at your church if you go to church, you know, somebody that can point you in the right direction. And I'll say this, and I know I might lose some people. Some stuff, and I, I posted this even where my pastors have heard this. Some stuff you cannot just pray away. Some stuff you can't just pray, throw some oil on it, and it's gonna go away. If that was the case, as much as I love God, then I wouldn't have this. However, there are some things that's why God gave us resources. And those resources are getting help sometimes. Um, sometimes you just need somebody and it's not telling them your business. It is getting to the root of your issues so that, and, and it's not to say that it's gonna just go away. It doesn't magically go away. I, do I still suffer with it? Yes, but I handle it differently. I can go in a grocery store now. Thank God for the pandemic, for social distancing, right? Please give me my six feet distance all times, okay? <laughs> but I can go in a store and not leave my groceries now. I can go in my room. My, my door is open right now, right? I can do that. It is totally, it, it, can, it can change to be, you can cope better. So those are my tips. Um, and just be honest with you. You can try to lie to everybody else, but don't lie to yourself. So that's what I got. Wonderful. Those are some really great tips. Um, we should write some of that stuff. We should just write down for everyday processing in life. That Some of that yeah. was just really good information. <laughs> so to close this out, I want to ask you, would you still recommend women to join the military? I do. I do. Um, it's an unpopular opinion, but I have friends now at this age that I met. Their kids are now growing up and some of them don't know what to do. So I, I talk to them about going into the military as an option. And I feel like it is still a good option. Um, what I also tell them is be the biggest advocate for yourself. Um, you can still go in. Um, of course, having a good prayer life is important. And also making sure that 
if you ever you can't control anyone but you you can't control anyone but yourself so you can't control what somebody their intentions are and how they treat you but you being the biggest advocate for you is important because guess what it can happen whether you're in the military or not you know um it doesn't doesn't matter what the place is um but for women joining the military um and especially now um things are changing it's a lot more of a voice that that women have than they did when i was in um you know so yeah i would say go for it and don't be afraid of my story or um other people's story because the person that did it to me was my own husband and it didn't matter to me whether he was in the military or not that was in his character so you got to understand the military is made up of people that come from wherever they lived before and they joined the service so it doesn't matter if they worked at a corporate job you know owned a business pastor of a church or in the military you could experience the same things so just um just know that but know that you do have a voice and if you feel that something is wrong and um you know and you need to take a stand don't be afraid to do that so wonderful so please let us know like how we can keep up with you miss phillips please let us know about your social media and just whatever you're into and whatever you're doing now just let us know how we can stay in contact with you or if anybody wanted to reach out to you oh my gosh yes please if y'all have questions or need a direction to go especially if you are a veteran as well um, i'm big on veterans i definitely want to um, be able to assist veterans with knowing how to get the best help and advocate for themselves. There are programs out there to help you. Um, so one of the things that I would recommend, um, one, how you follow me. You can follow me on IG at, um, at which is my first name is Renita. It's R-I-N as in Nancy, E, T as in Tom, A as in Apple underscore P. So Renita underscore P is my IG. If you go to my IG, um, I have a website there and it is msha.ke and then it's slash backslash and then it's Renita P, R-I-N-E-T-A-P because that links you to all my other stuff. It links you to my Facebook, my, my um, Twitter, my IG, my um, YouTube channel that I'm building right now, my TikTok, all of this link. Um, but most of them are Renita underscore P on Facebook. I'm Renita Phillips, uh, Phillips with two L's. Also, my business, I am in Mary Kay. I have been in Mary Kay. September will be, what, 20 years now. Oh, my God. Woo! And so, yes, yeah, so you can find me um, on MaryKay.com. You can look up my name, R-I-N-E-T-A Phillips. Or you can go to my website, which is MaryKay.com backslash R Phillips 20. That is my website as well. But if you go to um, my IG, the link that's there links you directly to my Mary Kay website as well. So yes, so I love what I do. I love mentoring from especially women, um, veterans as well, and helping people to be their best self. And um, yeah, 
and love who they are. So awesome. Well, thank you so much. It was so great having you today. And we're definitely going to follow you on those handles. And if anybody, like she said, wants to reach out, please do. Yes, please reach out to me. Yes, I'm a brand ambassador now. I'm doing some a lot of a lot of great things. Co-hosting a Bible reading in the mornings, and um, yeah, so I'm doing a lot. I want to have a veterans program at some point. So please, please, please reach out. Stay connected because I got some big things coming. So awesome. Thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you. Y'all have a great day.